0: Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We are broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And I got a great show for you. Normally, I have Gabe Reynolds on the show on Fridays, but he is the assistant basketball coach for Stewart's Creek High School out of Smyrna, Tennessee, and they are in the state playoffs as they have a game tonight. So he's got to prepare for that. I will have him on the show next week. Hopefully, we can recap a successful weekend of state playoffs. We've got a great show for you. Going to talk about the state playoffs, going to talk about conference championships for LaGrange, Point University, Columbus State. The River Dragons have a big series against the Carolina Thunderbirds this weekend. I'm going to recap the Columbus Rapids. But first, let's start with the Rapids as they traveled up to Fayetteville, North Carolina for the first time this season. Last night, not the result they wanted, the women's team fell to Fayetteville 10 to 1 as the Fury picked up their second victory of the season and the men's team fell to the Fayetteville Fury 9 to 1 and they will travel back to Fayetteville next week on March the 1st to take on the same Fury. I watched both games on the YouTube broadcast and the Fayetteville guy does a pretty good job doing play-by-play. I'm just wondering does Am I supposed to get super excited when my team scores a goal? Because I just didn't get the enthusiasm from the announcer every time Fayetteville scored a goal. And they put up a lot of goals 10 goals in the women's game, nine goals in the men's game. I don't know. But I, I just think that the turning point in that game was Olivia Jarrell beat the goalie. It took a bounce off the wall. She was setting up to score an easy goal with an open net. And out of nowhere, Mayar Elglyoshi, the goalkeeper for Fayetteville, with a diving save. It was the save of the year. And that was the turning point in that game. And then you started seeing the fatigue play in. And Fayetteville just went on a scoring barrage in that second quarter, putting up four goals. In indoor soccer, anytime you get a lead, the strategy changes. I mean, that game could have been totally different if Columbus had a one-goal lead. And of course, I watched the men's game, as I always do. As the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids, I want to support the Rapids while they're on the road. It is hard to play on the road. You only get to dress 12 players, and sometimes you don't even make the trip with 12 players. So let's see if they get a different result next Tuesday. The next home game will be next Thursday at the Columbus Civic Center, March the 3rd, as the Columbus Rapids will take on the Rome Gladiators. And as always, you can listen to the play-by-play on the National Indoor Soccer League's YouTube channel. I've been very blessed to be the voice of the Rapids. I'm also not going to officially say I am the public address announcer for Russell County Baseball, but they will allow me to call several games this year. I will be calling the opener today in Russell County as they will take on Rehobeth. Russell County Baseball has had a rich tradition of doing very well, making it to the state playoffs last year, losing to Gulf Shores. They did win the 6A state championship in 2005, so there's a lot of rich tradition in history for Russell County Baseball. The new interim manager, Logan Williamson, is going to have his team ready. And I'm looking forward to becoming the public address announcer just for the game tonight. We also have a big softball tournament in Columbus. As we have 21 NAIA schools playing on six fields. And that's kicking off today. The NFCA Classic, my alma mater, Fried Hardman University, is playing five games in three days. They start things off at 3.30 today. Then they'll turn around and play a game at 5.30. There are six field at the South Common Sports Complex. They're playing on field five. Tickets are $10, $7 if you are 12 and under. I think I might take my girls to one of the games tomorrow that is always going to be fun and it's a big event here in columbus of course columbus is the site of olympic softball from 1996 and is the home of usa softball and so the Fried hardman lady Lions softball team who are 6-0 and on the season i talk about them on my Fried hardman podcast but i am really excited Looking forward to seeing them play in this softball tournament this weekend. Starting tonight, we've got a lot of action in high school basketball tonight in the GHSAA playoffs. Starting at 6 p.m., Doherty taking on Fayette County tonight. Tomorrow at 7, Spencer will take on North Oconee in the Sweet 16 for the right to go to the quarterfinals. We have Monroe taking on Central, and we have Maris taking on the defending champions, Baldwin. Over in the other bracket, Perry is taking on Druid Hills, McDonough taking on Benedictine, Westside taking on Jefferson, and Luella taking on Westover. For the Girls 4A GHSAA State Basketball Playoffs, well, what can you say about the Carver Tigers They're in action tonight at 6 p.m. at Carver High School against Chastain. You have three regional teams left in this tournament. Hardaway's on the road tonight, taking on Marist. And then tomorrow, Troop County is taking on Jefferson. So on Monday's show, I'll have a recap of all the Sweet 16 games. And I will preview the quarterfinal matches, which will take place March 1st and the 2nd. The final four matches will take place March the 4th and the 5th at Fort Valley University. And, of course, the championship games for single A all the way to 7A will be spread out throughout the week, March 9th through the 12th at the Macon Coliseum. Do want to give some love to East Coweta as they are taking on North Gwinnett in 7A. And how about St. Ann Pacelli as they got a last-second victory at home they are taking on Keen Ridge Christian tomorrow at 6. And that is for single-A private for the GHSAA playoffs. Tonight at Cleveland Field at Williamson Stadium, the LaGrange baseball team, 7-0, taking on Nichols College. You got LaGrange College in the semifinals taking on Everett up at Lookout Mountain, Georgia, as they take their six-game winning streak into this tournament, trying to reach the USA South Finals. Got a lot of sporting events in Columbus today. Columbus State Baseball takes their 10-2 record, and they are ranked eighth in the NCAA Division II as they will have a four-game series starting today at 4 p.m. at Ragsdale Field at Burger King Stadium against Quincy. Then they have a doubleheader tomorrow, and then they will have the fourth and final game on Sunday at 1 p.m. They can really separate themselves as they get ready for Peach Belt conference play. Of course, the Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars will travel to Milledgeville, Georgia this weekend to take on Georgia College in the final regular season Peach Belt game as the Peach Belt tournament will start next week. Columbus State takes their 19-8 record, 10-7 and in the Peach Belt against Georgia College, led by the talented scoring of Laneston Gather, Hunter Preston, Christian Chambers. They've got a great team, trying to get their 20th victory. I like to see how Columbus State does. The last time they were in the Peach Belt Conference tournament, they lost to Lander in the final, and that was back when I was covering them. I was getting excited about Columbus State basketball. Then the pandemic happened, and everything got canceled. Last year was an anomaly because it was a very shortened season because of COVID. Half the games were canceled. The games didn't even have fans. I thought it was very important that Columbus State actually gets fans back in the Lumpkin Center and they have a successful season. The Lady Cougars, 15-12 overall, 8-9 in the Peach Belt, will also take on Georgia College this weekend. And of course, you can listen to the games on 88.5 Cougar Radio with Hall of Fame play-by-play announcer Scott Miller on the call. Well, the Point Skyhawks, their season came to an end as they suffered defeat to Union in the first round, in the second round of the Appalachian Athletic Conference semifinal game against Union. Corey Bowen had 25 points, and the point Skyhawks finished the season, 16 and 16. They had a successful season. I enjoyed going out and seeing them play my alma mater back in November. Yes, I was at a game for Point University. Several Columbus Rapids play for the Point University soccer team. I told them that I would check out a game in the fall. And I'm going to be a big supporter of Point Athletics, especially their football team. They play over at Valley High School Sports Complex. I'm looking forward to just keeping an eye on Point Athletics. The Point baseball team lost to Faulkner University. And so I'll try to keep track of point baseball as well. Congratulations to the Point Lady Skyhawks for defeating Kentucky Christians 74-52 in the second round game. They are going to the semifinals against Milligan. They will take them on in Kingsport, Tennessee. Looking forward to seeing how far the Lady Skyhawks can go in the Appalachian Athletic Conference Tournament other local sports in the Chattahoochee Valley, the Columbus River Dragons take their twenty eleven 11 4 record, currently third place in the Federal Prospects Hockey League, up the road to Carolina, which is not that far away. If you look at all the teams in the Federal Prospects Hockey League, Carolina is a geographical rival. They will have a three-game series against the Carolina Thunderbirds. The Watertown Wolves and the Danbury Hatricks have already clinched a playoff berth. But Columbus is trying to get some victories so they can clinch a playoff berth. They are led by Josh Piantrantonio with 29 goals, followed by Austin Day with 24 goals. And of course, Zach DeBozart will have the call. And you can listen to the game on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Interested to see how the Columbus River Dragons respond on the road to Carolina as they get ready for a big three-game series next week at home against the Danbury Hatricks. Moving on to college basketball, as we had a major upset in college basketball last night, as the Oregon Ducks upset the number 12 UCLA Bruins 68 to 63 in Eugene, Oregon. Right now, UCLA is projected to be a number three seed. They were one of the favorites to win it all in the NCAA. But have they overachieved? 20-6, and I mean, that's not an impressive record for a team that went all the way to the championship, that went all the way to the Final Four last year as an 11 seed. I had my eyes on that Gonzaga-San Francisco game. I was watching it on TV. It was very close. But Gonzaga proved that they are the best team in college basketball, pulling away from the San Francisco Dons, 89-73. to in a packed house in San Francisco. I hyped this game up. I said this was the biggest game in the Bay Area in years. Well, the game coming up against St. Mary's is probably going to be even bigger because both teams are ranked. You had Ohio State beating Illinois in Champaign, Illinois, in front of a packed house, and wondering how far Illinois is going to fall in the bracketology. My next bracketology show, which will be next week, and I'll have Brad Page on and Rob Frazier, and we'll break down all the seedings and where everybody's going to go. I'm kind of interested to see how big of a high seed Murray State's going to be. I don't know if their RPI is going to be impressive enough to get a single-digit seed, but they just throttled Belmont 76-43. to These were the two top teams in the Ohio Valley, and Murray State got the job done. An impressive win on the road for the Arizona Wildcats. They are ranked second in the country by beating Utah 97 to 77. I want to talk about the Arizona Wildcats because they have not made the tournament since the 2017-2018 season. And of course, we know about the rich history of the Arizona Wildcats winning the title in 1997. They made it to the championship game against Duke in 2001. They've made it to the Elite Eight five times. Arizona is due for a championship. Are they one of those teams that can win the championship this year? They look like one of the odds-on favorites along with Gonzaga, 25-2. They've had the best winning percentage they've had in a long time. And they are only two losses to UCLA and Tennessee. I know that Arizona has gotten a one seed before, and they have faltered. But it would be interesting to see where they are in this tournament. And they are a strong pick to at least make it to the Final Four. The West Coast is back in college basketball. Gonzaga, UCLA, Arizona. For a while, the West Coast has gotten criticism for not showing up in the tournament. I mean, Gonzaga and UCLA were in the Final Four last year. But Arizona's first-year head coach, Tommy Lloyd, he should be winning Coach of the Year. Taking over a program for Sean Miller, an impressive record at 25-2. and He is my candidate for Coach of the Year. Another team that I think I want to see how well they do in the NCAA Tournament is Purdue. Purdue is ranked fourth, and they got a tough game on the road against Michigan State on Saturday. Looking at the Saturday slate of games, that's one of those days where I would love to just sit on the couch and just watch college basketball all day. This is what you got. You got Kentucky taking on Arkansas, the 2 p.m. game on CBS. You got Auburn taking on Tennessee, the 4 p.m. game on ESPN. You have Kansas and Baylor, the 8 o'clock game on ESPN. And then you have Gonzaga and St. Mary's, the 10 o'clock game on ESPN. And over on the deuce, you got USC taking on Oregon. Arizona's taking on Colorado. You have Wisconsin taking on Rutgers. You have UCLA taking on Oregon State. I'm wondering if the people that made the schedule thought that Oregon State would still be that team that went to the Elite Eight last year. An abysmal 3-23 record. Now, they played USC tough, and USC was able to get the 94-91 victory in double overtime, but Oregon State has just been a disaster this year. Purdue, they've never won the title. They've gone to the championship a couple times, but 24-4, they went to the Elite Eight in 2019 the sweet 16 and 18 and 17 they went to the elite eight in 2000 and they went to the elite eight in 1994 that was my favorite team because it was led by my favorite basketball player glenn robinson purdue has had caden ivy i want to see if he gets hot in this tournament purdue is a dark horse to win it all and uh, hopefully in my next bracketology show they get a number one seed i think purdue is capable of making it to the final four. But they have a big game against Michigan State. All right, some of the other games you have Georgia Tech taking on Notre Dame in a matchup. Georgia Tech is 11 and 17, Notre Dame is 20 and 8. I don't really see Georgia Tech winning that game. And then Florida is going to be going to Stegman Coliseum to take on Georgia, who is on pace to have their worst winning percentage in Georgia basketball history. The last time they had this worst of a winning percentage was in the 1950s. The program for Georgia basketball has been abysmal. See, Tom Crean took over in 2019 for a Mark Fox team who was fired after going 18-15. And And Tom Crean has not had the winning percentage that Mark Fox has had. He went 11-21 in 2019. In 2020, he went 16-16 and 16 with Anthony Edwards, the number one overall draft pick in the NBA. And they won their first game at the SEC Conference Tournament. But then the pandemic happened and they canceled the season. Georgia was not expected to make the NCAA tournament that year anyway. Went 14 and 12 in 21, but this year, 6 and 22. I don't even expect them to win their next three SEC games. They will finish the record 6 and 25 and possibly 6 and 26, losing their first game in the SEC tournament, which would give them their worst winning percentage of all time. Georgia basketball has been a joke. I've looked at the history of Georgia basketball in the last 30 years. And so on this segment, I'm going to go through all the teams in Georgia and what was considered their best season. There's really not a lot of consistency across the board, but let's start with the Georgia Bulldogs. Of course, their best season of all time was in 1983 when they went to the Final Four, led by legendary coach Hugh Durham. This was the year they lost to NC State in the Final Four. They had great players like Vern Fleming and Terry Fair. Remember, Vern Fleming had a very successful career as an Indiana Pacer. Surprisingly, this was the year that Dominique Wilkins left for the NBA draft, and Georgia was able to go to the Final Four in 1983. Of course, that incredible run in 2008, as a 14th seed, Mark Fox led them to two NCAA tournament appearances where they entered the tourney as a 10th seed. In 2015, they lost to Michigan State 70 to 63. They had talented players like Marcus Thornton and Kenny Gaines. They finished that year 21 and 12. In 2011, they were ranked as high as 24th in the AP poll. They lost to Washington as a 10th seed in the second round, in the first round of the tournament, led by Trey Tompkins and Travis Leslie. And of course, 2001, their most successful coach winning percentage-wise was Jim Herrick, and they had sanctions, and they really never recovered until until they got Mark Fox. Now let's look at Georgia Tech. Their most successful season was 2004, when they had Will Bynum and Jarrett Jack, they had that incredible run all the way to the championship game against UConn. They were able to beat Oklahoma State in the Final Four game on a last-second tip-in by Will Bynum, but UConn was just too much. Too much of Mecca and Ben Gordon. And Paul Hewitt led the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets to the championship. They had great NBA players in the 2000s like Chris Bosh and Amont Shumpert and Glenn Rice. But they were just never the same after losing to Kennesaw State in 2010 in a regular season game. Josh Pastner has underachieved. They did make the tournament last year, but lost to Loyola Chicago. They've only made the tournament one time in the last 10 years. Their most consistent run was nine straight appearances in the NCAA tournament from 1984 to 1993, including a Final Four appearance led by legendary head coach Bobby Crimmins. They had great NBA players to include John Sally, Mark Price, Kenny Anderson, Stephon Marbury, Brian Oliver, and Dennis Scott. Had a lot of great history and rich tradition. When I went to a Georgia Tech game, I was just in awe of all their banners of making the NCAA tournament. And their two Final Four banners is pretty awesome, too. Now let's move on to Georgia State. Their best year is kind of debatable. I'm not sure if it's 2001 led by Lefty Drizel when they upset Wisconsin as a number 11 seed 50 to 49 and ended up losing to Lefty's alma mater Maryland. The 2001 season Georgia State finished 29 and 5, but most recently the 2015 NCAA tournament where Georgia State was a 14th seed led by RJ Hunter's game winning shot over Baylor and the coach Ron Hunter fell out of his chair. That was so memorable. Ron Hunter ended up leaving, but he had. Two more NCAA tournament appearances. So Georgia State recently. Now let's go to Georgia Southern. Their best tournament appearance was in 1992 as they finished 25-6, and led by head coach Frank Kearns. They lost to Oklahoma State in the first round of the NCAA tournament, 100-73. So that was the 1992 season. Now let's go to Kennesaw State who has never made it to the NCAA tournament, I would say their best season was the 2016-2017 season, where they went 14-18, and 18, led by former Boston College head coach Al Skinner. They lost to Florida Gulf Coast in the second round of the Atlantic Sun tournament. They have reached the second round of the Atlantic Sun tournament twice in their history in 2009, led by their best player ever. Markeith Cummings was considered the Kennesaw State's greatest player of all time. They were able to upset Lipscomb in the first round of the tournament in 2009, led by the late head coach Tony Ingle. And finally, we have Mercer. And there's no debate. Their best season was 2014, as they finished 27-9, Led by legendary head coach Bob Hoffman, they upset Duke in the first round of the NCAA playoffs, 78-71. to 71. That Duke team had Jabari Parker and Quinn Cook. Well, they later ended up losing to Tennessee in the second round. But Mercer, making the NCAA tournament for the first time in 29 years, and Langston Hall was their leading player on that team. He is forever known in the Mercer Bears Hall of Fame. Jersey retired you go to Mercer games and you have that 2014 season up in the rafters as their only NCAA appearance. And that's a very memorable moment for Mercer basketball. But my point is all these Georgia schools do not have consistency every year. You never see them in the tournament every year. And that's what I'd like to see. I like to see more consistency with all the Georgia schools. That would be nice for the state of Georgia. You have it for other states. Right now, the state of Alabama with Alabama and Auburn in the NCAA tournament. And, of course, Tennessee. You got Memphis. You got Vanderbilt. You got Tennessee. You got Middle Tennessee State. I mean, I get Brad Page on the show. We could talk Tennessee basketball a lot. They are doing great. All right, in the NBA last night, the Atlanta Hawks snap a two-game winning streak by losing to the Chicago Bulls, 112-108. to DeMar DeRozan, he was unguardable. 37 points. The Chicago Bulls are now in first place in the Eastern Conference. Trey Young had a very cold night shooting, 3-17 for 14 points. The Hawks fall to 28-31, and 31, and they will take on the Toronto Raptors this Saturday as they are currently still the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference standings, a half a game ahead of the Washington Wizards. Phoenix continues to roll as they're 49-10. No Chris Paul, no problem. Devin Booker had 25 points as the Phoenix Suns were able to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, 124-104. to 104. The big question in Brooklyn is when is Ben Simmons going to play? Brooklyn falls to the Boston Celtics 129-106. They are currently 31-29 and the 8th seed in the playoff chase. This was a fun game. The Detroit Pistons beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. No Karis Levert, no Darius Garland, but it was the battle of the two top rookies in the NBA, Evan Mobley for Cleveland and Cade Cunningham for Detroit and Cade Cunningham had 17 points. The Minnesota Timberwolves came from behind to defeat the Memphis Grizzlies, 119-114, to led by D'Angelo Russell's 37 points. Wow, where has this guy been all year? So before we close this show, I would like to say, of course, we got baseball possibly in jeopardy if no deal is done by Monday. We could have a shortened season. I hope they get a deal done. Because I would love to talk about baseball on this show. And then, of course, Major League Soccer, Atlanta United taking on Sporting Kansas City on Sunday. I will recap that. Don't forget, Rob Frazier is going to be on the show Monday as we recap all the games that happened over the weekend. And I'm looking forward to having Brad Page on the show on Monday. And then I also have Jenny Fisher as a she will be part of my sports features that I will... Air every now and then. I'm trying to pre-record a bunch of stuff, and hopefully, I'll have Gabe Reynolds on the show next week. So that is all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners. Don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel, and don't forget that you could download this podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Google Cast. And I hope that everybody has a great weekend. And I will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is broadcasted out of Columbus, Georgia, and focuses on the local and national sports scene. I am Richard Holdridge. If you have a sports question or if you would like to be a guest on the show, Just inbox me on my Facebook page, The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, or on my Twitter feed. And as always, I hope that you have a blessed day. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening.